Welcome to Divorce at Altitude, a podcast on Colorado family law. I'm Ryan Kalamea. Each week, along with my business partner and co-host, Amy Gosha, or an expert, we discuss a particular topic related to divorce or co-parenting in Colorado. In addition, we have created a short series of lessons that will take you through the legal process of divorce and answer your questions from simple to complex. Divorce isn't easy. The end of a marriage, especially when children are involved, brings a great deal of loss and change. We hope these practical tips and insights will help you on your journey to a new and better life. In our hypothetical divorce story involving Eric and Melanie Wolf, once divorce becomes imminent, you'll recall that Eric asks himself a series of questions. One of those questions is, are Melanie and the children going to stay in the house? Indeed, Melanie is going to be thinking that exact same thing when she consults with her divorce lawyer. And that is because what happens to the family home and real estate in general is one of the most frequently asked questions in the Colorado divorce. This episode is focused on that scenario as well as what happens when real estate is sold in a Colorado divorce. First, the question of what happens to the family home is so frequently dealt with, it's actually explicitly identified in the statute on property division in Colorado, and that's 1410.113. Under that statute, the court must consider, quote, the desirability of awarding the family home or the right to live therein for reasonable periods to the spouse with whom any children reside the majority of the time. Most divorce judges will tell you that they will consider the children even in equal parenting time arrangements and the desirability of awarding the family home to one parent. The reason is that divorce results in change, and often that change is seen as negative towards the children. If a child can wake up in the same bedroom, even if it's half the time or even less than half the time, that's seen as a positive. Now, there are certain circumstances in which the parties just can't afford to keep the house or one party can't keep the house after a divorce. And we'll talk about that sale, but let's first focus on what happens when a party keeps the family home in a Colorado divorce. When a party keeps property, we're going to have to deal with the value. So how do you determine the value of real estate in a Colorado divorce? There's a couple different ways. First, you could use tax assessments. That's the value assigned to property determined taxes for property taxes. Most judges, however, will tell you that they don't find tax assessed values to be particularly persuasive. The reason that they only happen every couple of years and they're generally seen to be behind market trends. What about Zillow? Some judges will consider it, others will just reject it out of hand, and they're oftentimes seen as overly bullish or too high in value to be really reliable. You could use a CMA or a comparative market analysis from a realtor. You can also use an appraisal from a prior refinance, and we'll get into refinance, but it might require that you get an appraisal done on the house to figure out the value. Related episodes that you might want to check out are a couple episodes, one including Chris Klug, where we talk about real estate in a divorce. We also have a long form episode on refinancing and mortgages. And indeed, when someone keeps the property, assuming that you determine the value and agree on what's that the party is going to keep the marital residence, you're going to often be confronting a refinance. So check out that long form episode to talk about it because it is something that's freely going to occur. What about commission? 
deductions and taxes, those are oftentimes going to be used by the party that's keeping that resonance to try to reduce the value because it's going to lighten the load on their ledger or in their basket. Under Colorado law, real estate commissions do not have to be assigned or considered if a party is going to keep the house. So the reason it's going to be speculative, why knock off five to six percent from residents when it's not even going to be sold and the party might not realize those commissions? Now, you recall that the statute on property division contemplates the right uh, for a parent to live for in a family residence for a reasonable period of time. So it might be that the house is sold in a year after the kids finish high school, for example, or some reasonable period of time. In that circumstance, you might factor in the commission or you might have an agreement. And we're going to talk about sales next on what happens to property when it is sold. Before we talk about selling real estate, we should also mention personal property. Is personal property included in the value of the house? We're going to have a topic or a separate episode on personal property, but it's just something that I raise here because oftentimes people will consider the real the family home and they'll also consider the uh, various furniture and, and electronics that are in the marital residence. Next, let's talk about selling real estate in a Colorado divorce. Again, I'll remind you that we have a couple long-form episodes that address this particular issue in detail, but let's talk about it just in general terms. If there's going to be the sale of the marital residence, you got to ask yourself a couple different questions. One, is just one party going to live in the house? Oftentimes, that's the case. And if so, there's going to be an incentive for that particular person to remain in the residence, and they might have a different opinion as to value. But there are oftentimes going to be agreements about who is the real estate broker and what are they going to list the property as. You can use appraisals. You can have a different uh, real estate brokers determine the value, but there's different methods that we frequently use in determining the list price. What happens when you get an offer? Well, oftentimes you'll get or have an agreement that there's a particular percentage, 95% or 90% of list price with standard contingencies is an example of an agreement where both parties contemplate the sale of the residence. Other related issues is what happens if there's a repair, who's going to pay the mortgage, who gets credit for the mortgage interest deduction in on a tax return, and a whole host of different issues. That's not something that I'm going to get into in this particular episode, but I wanted to at least cover the general terms of what happens in a cholera divorce because it is one of the most frequently asked questions that we see. Thanks for listening or watching this short lesson on the Divorce Altitude podcast. If you found this helpful, please leave a review or share with a friend. It does help for others that are going through or thinking about a divorce in Colorado. If you want to find out more information, please visit kalamea.law or divorcealtitude.com. And that's K-A-L-A-M-A-Y-A.law. Remember, this is educational information. It's not intended to be legal advice. Please consult with an attorney about the particulars of your case. We're happy to answer questions. Feel free to give us a call at 970-315-2365.